Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. All of you relax. This is a matter of inconvenient timing, that's all. I ought to kill you right now. Not a very private place for a murder. Well, I'm all broken up about that man's rights. What do you want to discuss now? My favorite color? That's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Well, good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, or even good evening, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, this is Luke Bensey with another episode of the Global Security Consultant Podcast. Uh, it is the end of February. In fact, it's uh, February 27th, 2022. And a little somber uh, with today's uh, episode, we'll be talking about uh, today the Russia's invasion into the Ukraine, which took place, I guess, about four days ago now. Um, and, and why this happened and, and what's the end game here for Vladimir Putin uh, and what this sort of means to the world and the world of security uh, moving forward. So, you know, it, it, to start off with, it hasn't been a uh, maybe a major surprise, uh, Putin's intent. Uh, you know, he's been amassing troops along the Ukraine border now for, for quite some time with the idea that, with the goal that uh, Ukraine would would not join uh, NATO. Uh, in fact, that was the the big belief that if if he amassed troops and sort of saber rattled a little bit, uh, that he was going to move into Ukraine as he did in 2014 with the annexation of Crimea, uh, that it would be a, a show to say, hey, uh, NATO, uh, Ukraine belongs to us. Uh, we don't want them. Uh, they don't want NATO right on. Uh, Russia doesn't want NATO right on its doorsteps. Uh, and as if you remember, you know, the, the Baltic countries have joined into NATO, which which obviously has upset uh, Vladimir Putin even more for, uh, you know, access into the into the Baltics there. So uh, it, kind of an interesting predicament. A lot of people thought it was a lot of just saber rattling that Russia would not actually move in or it would be just a, a small incursion uh, if it was the case, rather than a, a full on invasion uh, into into Ukraine. And, you know, a lot of people are drawing the comparisons uh, of of Nazi Germany and, and Hitler moving in on on Poland, uh, you know we really haven't had an invasion of Europe since uh, since really eighty years uh, since anything like this has happened, especially a traditional uh, scope of of war, not not your asymmetrical or your proxy wars that we've experienced uh, more likely over the over the previous decades. Uh, you know, so as the Russian military moves in and around Kiev, uh, as of this morning, they were just a few miles outside of the capital uh, city, uh, Putin and, and the Russians, they've actually uh, escalated their aggressive uh, threats and actions uh, toward the toward the, the nation. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't want to downplay the 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 severity of it and, and certainly want to say that our, our thoughts and prayers and, and everything goes out to the Ukrainian families and the fighters there. Uh, the Ukrainians have fought very bravely. I think this has been a surprise to the Russians of, of, of how well that the Ukrainians have have stood their ground uh, for the most part. I mean, they don't have air superiority at all and, and sure cyber attacks are happening, things of that. But the actual on the ground fighting, uh, you have to give a lot of, of credit credit to the to the bravery uh, and the the nationalistic pride that the Ukrainian military is uh, fighting with, uh, especially in these early days. But you know, you look at a guy like Putin, 
Uh, and he, for his career, since coming into power on, on New Year's Eve of, of the new millennium in, in 2000, when Boris Yeltsin, you know, sort of suddenly resigned, uh, you could almost say with a gun to his head, uh, you know, with Putin waiting in the wings uh, to, to take over, uh, coming in as acting president and then to the full-time president. Putin really, I mean, with the, with the exception of a little stint where he rotated out just entitled a prime minister for, for about, what was it, 48 years um, uh, he's really been the man in control uh, for the last two decades of, of all of, of Russian. And, you know, he's been cagey to say the least. He's, he's been unpredictable. Um, you know, he's, he's made, he's amassed a wealth, which is, is absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I, I joke that his wealth will make Elon Musk blush when you consider that he owns, uh, basically everything in the country. And, and so his, his math, much like a, much like the Saudi prince, uh, he's, He's worth trillions uh, if, if you really think about it, because he can spend on whatever he wants. Uh, so he's he's a very powerful man in terms of wealth. He's obviously very powerful in terms of the military that he controls. Um, you know, let's not forget that Russia still has the largest nuclear arsenal uh, in the world with six thousand warheads. Um, so I think for for Putin, I mean, if if I had to make a guess, and there's been a lot of experts out there making guesses, and a lot of these these predictions and guesses have been wrong. Uh, so I could very well be be wrong myself. But if I had to make a guess, if I was a betting man, I would say that that Putin is doing this more. I mean, yes, he's trying to secure his borders and he's trying to uh, expand Russia back to its its earlier borders of when they had the uh, the former Soviet Union states on there, the fifteen breakaway republics. Not breakaway, that's the wrong word, but the fifteen republics, former Soviet republics. Uh, you know, he's trying to to maybe capture those back for the greater glory of, of Russia. But I think this is all about Putin's legacy, uh, to be perfectly honest. I think after 20 years of being in power, uh, which was pretty much unchecked, um, and the last two years of COVID, uh, you know, he hasn't been out in public as much. I think it's given him time for reflection to say, hey, what is my legacy uh, for Russia? You know, he took it over after the Yeltsin years, uh, after the fall of the, the Soviet Union, and, and when they went through... Uh, the 90s, when there was when there was certainly economic turbulence and a lot of chaos and vacuums to be filled uh, in in Russia, and he has sort of been the strong man to kind of bring it all back together. And I think he's thinking about his legacy uh, of of what where he wants to be in in history. Um, you know whether or not he wants to bring back the 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 old communist USSR kind of rule. I mean, who knows? Perhaps he he does. Uh, but but you see that that Russia absolutely wants to have more strategic access around the world, particularly in the Baltics. Now, if there is this annexation, or if they or if they just reclaim all of Ukraine, does this mean that Russia will will stop, or they're going to keep going? Are they going to keep pushing west? Do they move into Poland? Do they go to the Baltics, take Estonia, Lithuania, Latvia? I mean, that's that's the big question. Now, those countries are, are NATO protected, so to speak. But would would NATO act to put to put boots on the ground or, or to take care of it. I mean, as of as of today, uh, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., uh, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, I mean, she said, you know, pretty much, and, and Joe Biden has said this as well, no, no boots on the ground. We're not going to engage in physical conflict uh, with the Russians. And and this includes not even putting up a no-fly zone, no, no, no blocking of the airspace over Ukraine. We don't want to get in an air war with them. <clears throat> so what does this signal to Putin? Does this signal that yes, he can keep pushing on, or or we're going to give you we're going to give you Ukraine as as NATO or as the UN? You can have it. Um, you know he's he's been hedging his bets as well. I mean he had his 
uh, annexation of, of Crimea, like I said, in 2014. And since that time, you know, he was hit with sanctions back then. He got uh, the the global slap on the wrist from from other countries. But but what has he done since? I mean, he's built up sort of a a war chest or a, a rainy day fund of about $650 billion in anticipation that, that, that he would probably be hit with sanctions again, which he has been. Uh, which which will be severe to to the country as well as to his own uh, pocketbook, but but I don't think it matters to him. I think again he is more concerned about his uh, his legacy at this point. And what makes me say that is has to do with with some of the excuses uh, that he's using to to go into Ukraine. I mean, I, you know, I, I wrote about that he's he's kind of taking pages both from Hitler and from Sun Tzu. You know, from the Hitler side. You know, he, he's saying kind of what, what the Fuhrer used to say, that, that he's, he's blaming ethnic genocide of Russia, of Russia by the Indians, which is, is, is pretty much nonsense. But it was the same kind of rationale, the same nonsensical rationale that Hitler used uh, in uh, saying that the Germans were being persecuted in Czechoslovakia. And that was Hitler's excuse to, to invade. Um, you know, I, I, there was a, a quote by Putin uh, which again he said without really a shred of evidence that that uh, that with evidence saying that you know the killing of civilians by the Ukrainians the abuse to the people including women children elderly it, it continues unabated there's no end in sight uh, he went on to say that uh, this is a Neanderthal and aggressive nationalism and neo Nazism which I I thought that was really ironic that he used the word neo Nazism uh, and that neo Nazism is being elevated in Ukraine to the rank of national policy. Um, what makes this statement even more ridiculously absurd is the fact that the 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 Ukrainian president, you know, Volodymyr Zelensky, I mean, he's Jewish. <laughs> In fact, his grandfather uh, fought against the Nazis, uh, you know, but but again, it, it goes to Hitler's old, old line, you know, the, the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. Uh, and, and Putin has really sort of followed that big lies, uh, big exaggerations. Uh, the bigger, more brazen it is, the, the more that, that it, it gets picked up in the media and becomes sort of this, this rallying cry uh, that he's, he's, he's used over the years. Uh, and I, and I, I mentioned, too, he's also kind of pulling from the, the Sun Tzu uh, playbook in that he's been very uh, uh, unconventional and unpredictable in terms of what he was going to do. A lot of people, and, and myself included, uh, thought that this really was a, a bluff. Um, but, you know, Putin, again, he, he's, a, he's a student of history. And, you know, just reading Sun Tzu, uh, you know, one, one of the most qu famous, famously quoted lines in there uh, from Sun Tzu, Art of War is all warfare is based on deception. Uh, you know, when, when you're able to attack, you must seem unable. When you're using our forces, we must appear inactive. When we're near, we must make the enemy believe that we are far. Uh, and when we're far, we may must make the enemy believe we're near. Uh, so, I mean, Putin is, is, is kind of adhering to the, to the playbook, uh, pretty well. Um, so the, the, again, the question is where, what, what's next, where, where is he going? Uh, does it, does it literally stop with Ukraine or, or are there other places, uh, that, that he's going to move into? And, and maybe if it's not the Baltics, does he go back to the, to the stands for natural resources, uh, up there? Uh, you know, keep in mind that, uh, you know, Russia has has had the Baltic seaport of Kaliningrad for really since the end of World War II. So they have a strategic location um, 
on the Baltic Sea already, which which kind of means that they can they've got you know <laughs> Lithuania a little bit surrounded uh, there for moving in troops and and their access through Belarus and and these places as well uh, that they can they can really launch these campaigns again. I think that um, the bravery of the Ukrainian people uh, to fight back uh, as as hard as they ha- as as they have in these early days. Uh, maybe knocking uh, uh, Putin and the Russian army back on their heels a little bit. Uh, I, I know today that that he wanted to negotiate uh, with the Ukrainians. I don't know if the Ukrainians take that as, you know, he just wants us to surrender. We're not going to do that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, all plays out. You know, but again, looking at the lens of history uh, and comparing this to, to World War II, you know, Putin has has shown that he's willing to take risks and that he's willing to accept the economic sanctions that are getting placed upon Russia, uh, the condemnation that he's getting from from you know countries and people around the world. Even though he shut down his own social media and internet, uh, pretty much uh, in in Russia, you know that that doesn't stop the globe from forming an opinion. Um, there's obviously going to be tremendous loss of life on both sides from for the Ukrainians as well as for the Russian military. Uh, and that's blood that's directly on his hands. Um, and, you know, when he's looking for allies, you know, he's going to basically have to double down with his uh, alliance with China. And does he want to be bedmates with China or, or bigger bedmates uh, with China right now? Uh, again, World War II, the Germans had to go to bed with with the Japanese. So does this mean that Russia is is going to form a strategic alliance with with China now? Are, are we seeing history repeat itself? Um, the short answer for me is I, I don't know. Uh, again, there's a, there's a lot of experts out there. I certainly don't claim to be one. Uh, I'm just a casual observer from the security industry, uh, keeping keeping an eye on on what's going out there for for our profession and and you know, where we see ourselves involved and caught up in all of this. But, you know, I, I certainly think that there is going to be, uh, you know, the phone ringing for people in, in our profession, in the security consulting world, whether that means for resources, whether that means emergency planning, planning, whether, whether that means, uh, you know, evacuations. I, I know that we've gotten a few phone calls about that. Can we get people out of the country? Um, and and what this means for for other type of maybe military training in the future, intelligence training. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it's definitely we're watching a, a turning point in history and inter- an interesting uh, time that we're living in. I mean, following up, especially coming off this pandemic. Uh, you know, as the old saying goes, may, may may you live in interesting times. I think we're experiencing that. I think uh, for the last few years, this has been very interesting times. Uh, it's it's nothing that we as a civilization haven't seen before. We haven't seen, you know, people in our generation uh, gener- and living generations have seen this before as well. This is not the first time this movie has been shown. Uh, people have seen this before. Uh, so are we smart enough to to pay heed, pay attention to, the, to our history and what's happened in the past? Uh, leaders like Putin, he's not the first uh, leader to make these kind of decisions. Uh, to have the maybe the uh, ego, the uh, whatever you want to call it, that he has the uh, the complex, if you want to call it a god complex. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, at this point, there's still a lot of speculation out there. But 
Uh, needless to say, there is going to be, or there already is, loss of life. There will be continued loss of life. Uh, there will be families that are displaced. Uh, there will be a lot of uh, pain, confusion, uh, wasted lives, money, resources, all of these things. Uh, and and did it all happen because of one man's uh, decision? So that is that is the big question. That is what we are watching. That is what the world's watching right now. So um, on that note, your guess is as good as mine out there. I will keep abreast of the of the news, of the intel that comes out, follow it, hope for the best, uh, pray for all the uh, innocent civilians and uh, who are out there and, and the, the fighting men and women who are protecting their nation. Uh, for the Russians who don't want to be there, just being forced into this, which is, is sadly the case a lot of times. But, uh, you know, we, we our hearts and prayers go out to them. And we hope that this uh, concludes quickly. So uh, with that, I remind you, uh, you know, look out for your loved ones out there and to always stay safe and vigilant.